Oh, what a piece of music. Oh, it can only mean one thing. That's right, people. It's time for another episode of Burying Fake News. First and foremost, at the top of the show, I always like to start with a huge thank you to everyone who got involved and downloaded last week's show. Particular shout out to the ladies from the Lee GPT bootcamp for getting involved, and hopefully we can retain some of that listenership also. And, and for Lee GPT himself for coming on to uh, discuss the key cards, as well as the fine folk at home who were downloading day in, day out, without fail. The uh, Battalion of Bearing Fake News, the Legion of Lewis, Mariella's Militia, all over the internet. Hey, hey, read all about it. But for those of you new to the show, my name's Lewis, and I'm the soon-to-be Dr. G. This is Bearing Fake News. This is the podcast that's dedicated to fact-checking bogus news articles. It's the podcast dedicated to just stomping the shit out of nonsense and ballyhoo and bullshit that you tend to get now posted all over social media and discerning what's fact and what's fiction. And as ever, to join me in this crusade, I'm not alone in the endeavour. It's my missus, my carer, the boss... Laffa, uh, you know who it is. It's the queen of bearing fake news, the avid supporter of pole fitness, and now as am I. You know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Nods as good as a wink to a blind bat. Aye, aye. Part-time interpreter, full-time proprietor of the Good Egg Chateau. It's Mariella. Mariella, welcome back to another episode of Bearing Fake News. Now I'm very happy to be here. Well, at least be really happy to be here. This is my really happy voice. So I am really, really happy. Do you have to knock the microphone? You're that excited? You're bashing your microphone around? Oh, goodness me. It's always my thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, if you could just say hello and a big welcome and thank you, the, thank you for the fine folks without smashing your microphone around, that would just be ace. Yes, I shall try to not smash my microphone about. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us again, guys. It's been uh, a wild ride up until now, and I'm happy to be back here, you know? I've been thinking about that tweet from a while back still, the Langangla man, and I just feel like it's such a mood, so that's how I'm feeling. You're the Langa man. Yeah. That's how you're doing. That's how I'm doing. So I hope everybody's doing, you know, that or better. That's deep, man. Very. Very. So, have you been reading the news this week? Do you know what's going on? Have you seen the latest? I saw that uh, Bolsonaro's got coronavirus, and I hope that teaches him a lesson. (laughs) I mean, we don't wish it on anyone, but... Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. We don't wish ill on anyone. If somebody needs a lesson on how real these things can be, it's him, among others. Have you seen the big news coming out of the UK today? Uh, I have not. What is the big news coming out of the UK today? We've got a date. You've got a date? For what? We've got a date. For the grand reopening of the Iron Paradise. Goodness, are you going back to the gym? 25th of July, baby. Be there or be square. Get jacked and tan or be weak and wobbly. The choice is yours. Well, compared to you, I'll always be weak and wobbly, so not really much of a choice. Yeah, but you bring sex appeal. (laughs) Exactly. In other news, I might add, I might make this a thing, you know, where we just break down the latest, funniest, and most intriguing news articles before we get into the meat of the show. Do you know what apparently I'm I'm told is a well-known music star is running for president kanye west we have the potential of having kim kardashian as a first lady of the united states which is amusing yet absolutely horrifying would you like to elaborate now i will just put before you go into that i don't know who any of these people are i i have no idea what's going on 
but I'm trying to expand our viewership. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, Lewis is quite a peculiar one. If you're not talking about 90s wrestlers, he's really not into, you know, what the scene with celebrities is going on. Yeah, so, you know, for motives unknown, Kanye West, this very famous rapper and husband to the one and only Kim Kardashian, um, is said that he's going to be running for president in 2020. And again, you know, I'm sure Chris Jenner does everything to make the episodes and the seasons of Keeping Up with Kardashian very interesting, but this might be a little bit too far for my taste. Oh, wow. Does does he believe in coronavirus, Mr. West? Well, he recently came out and said he got coronavirus back in February, I believe. Yeah, he recovered, and nobody really knew about it, but, well, I, I damn hope he does believe in it, because he's got it, you know? <laughs> so is this another Trump-like candidate, or is this an actual person? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. He's shown open support for Trump. However, his wife, like Kim, is actually quite a decent person. If you look at what she does, she's studying to be a lawyer, and she is very open about mass incarceration, especially in black people and black communities. So, you know, she's very decent and I'm pretty sure they're pretty openly democratic um, voters. So I'm very unsure about what Yeezy is. Um, I also don't- I don't know what the fuck you're on about now. Right. <laughs> Ye Yeezy, you know, that's what he calls himself, I think. It's what his brand is. You know, you ever heard of Yeezy? Sweetie, like the shoes. I don't know what you're on about. I'm. I don't. I haven't bought a pair of shoes in a long while, and the ones that were were boots because I don't wear shoes. This is true. This is true. Well, let's just say that he's not in his right set of mind, and he's kind of unpredictable. And I think he's kind of, you know, hoping to be that sort of candidate, where kind of outlandish, and I'm not sure what his base would be. So, like I said, it's kind of funny. Equally, I'm very terrified of what the outcome could be. So. Mm. We shall watch this space, I suppose. And then the final piece of news that want to be worth mention, because we are a, a, a science-esque podcast, is the... Uh, the archaeologists have been digging again, and they think they found a new species of dinosaur. What? That's insane! Where yeah, have they been um, digging? I don't know. I've, I haven't got the, the, the research paper up, only the news articles while I've read, but it was a, a new form of some... Dromaeosaurids, I don't know. Oh, a dinosaur. Yeah, I don't know why they make dinosaur names so complicated. But that's pretty cool. That should be interesting. I'm glad at least archaeologists are having, you know, a good time. Ah, digging, digging is fun. In the dirt. And I've seen Jurassic Park and it looks like a hoot. <laughs> I'm sure. Should we, should, we, should, should we continue digging and dig through the bullshit surrounding Remdesivir or the things involved with it? Yes, I think this is... this. Well, this piece of news has been out for a while now. We didn't cover it previously, but I think now, given that, you know, dexamethasone has also been a thing, I've got some questions about what remdesivir does and how it can help the fight against coronavirus. Well, why don't you lead the conversation? I don't want to get into too detail into, you know, the, the real nitty-gritty of how it works and what's going on, but just a general sense of, of the drug and why it's got a lot of attention recently. So maybe we should start with like the, you know, what the actual medicine is. Could you explain to us a little bit of how it works and why it looks promising? It's a prodrug, so that means that the the molecule that you take that it that is remdesivir is not actually what 
does the the interesting part it's further modified by our body and that creates the drug in situ inside us and it becomes an inhibitor of what they call um, viral rna polymerase which prevents rna replication or viral rna replication so when viruses attack you they want to replicate their dna and they do this through what's called rna polymerase and it's just an enzyme that's just copies and copies and copies and it inhibits that part of it so like you were saying um viruses they don't replicate on their own they need a host to do the work and they use our bodies and our own cell generation as far as i know to do this right yes but they do contain their own proteins i believe that the virus the rna viruses um the viruses will use our cell just to as a safe haven whilst they replicate within and then burst or lies out of the shell cell well i prefer burst because it's more dramatic Mm, that is dramatic and so what you're saying is basically this uh medicine actually stops that replication part that's pretty cool yes yes well it in theory should stop the replication part and here's where we get into a bit of the nitty-gritty of it it was actually designed initially for hepatitis c i believe but it didn't quite go to plan however they had a lot of it and it's a lot of money that they've invested and they're thinking you know let's let's try and use it for anything we can because we need to get some money back from this then there was the ebola kind of outbreak a year or two ago and they thought oh brilliant and they used it and they just chucked it at um ebola when that became a thing and did that work no it was if you go into the data this is where it gets a little bit strange it was kind of rushed through clinical trials to get it to being used into people with the disease early results looked quite good from the papers that i saw and then august like summer last year they just said that this is significantly crap treatment comparative to what they had else in the arsenal Ooh, okay so it's kind of been kept on the back burner like we've developed this but it's not 100 percent efficient and it's just up until now we've seen a purpose for it the congolese health officials not this isn't a quote but they said that this is significantly less effective than the monoclonal antibody treatment that was also being trialed the only good thing that came out of it was they at least established the safety profile of remdesivir so they were able to use that data to say how much you could have safely what was a, a, a good dose to be effective and what was too much oh that's quite interesting so i had never heard of a case where you know we've developed sort of this medicine and then we weren't exactly sure what it would be used for but still kind of cleared the vulva you know. <laughs> that's pharmaceutical companies in a nutshell remember that these people aren't charities they make drugs that they think are promising and by the time they've managed to get a few kilos of them they're thinking we need to try and get some return on this. Otherwise, this is 100 mil down the Ooh, drain. What are you saying? They spread coronavirus to treat everyone. <laughs> no, be gone. We don't have that nonsense here. Only peer-reviewed facts make it onto this show, woman. Oh, my goodness, then. Unless it's my opinion about stripper poles. That's different. No, of course, that's different. That's very different. Well, that's interesting. I had never, um, I guess I hadn't thought about it that way, you know, that they do just elaborate drugs and then kind of think like, hmm. Okay, well, this is pretty cool. What should we use it for? So what's different about coronavirus and its treatment in uh, with remdesivir compared to Ebola and other trials that they've had? Well, they weren't sure. They just thought, sod it, we've got a lot of it. 
we may as well try it. Why not? It was used early on this year for compassionate grounds. We spoke to before about Linden. So people who were desperately sick, it was like, sod it, let's give them remdesivir. Let's just see if it works. It may work. It may not, but we've got nothing to lose. There was a Chinese trial between February and March that just said it's not effective for reducing the time for improvement from COVID deaths. And there were some serious side effects as well. And they actually terminated that trial. Oh, wow. Must have been pretty serious then. Yeah. So in January, the Wuhan Institute of Virology applied for the Chinese use patent. So we're not we're taking it to use it, not to make money off it sort of thing. And it was it, it's a way to work around the patents that are currently covering the drug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we promise we're not going to, you know, undercut you or try and sell it. We just want to use it for for treatment. Mm-hmm. And then they obviously did a trial with it, and they ended up stopping it because it was just no good. Um, there was also some preliminary data from international multi-center placebo-controlled double-blind randomized controlled trial, which English means it was very, very well looked after yeah. to make sure it wasn't other things going on, yeah. and that was from the US, which suggested that it was effective in reducing recovery time from COVID-19. And I think it was 15 to 11 days from of hospitalization. So that's what it's used for. Um, we saw in dexamethasone that it was used for really critical patients to kind of take over the body's function and uh, in really critical cases, right? So this one is used to sh- like limit or shorten the amount of time in hospital. It's also been used with people requiring supplemental oxygen and more. Okay, so it can be administered at any stage then? Yes, but like dexamethasone, its effectiveness is not universal. If you're on death's bed, it can bring you back. But if you're mild, it may do nothing and you may remain mild for as long as you need to remain mild for, up to requiring um, exogenous or supplemental oxygen. So definitely not something you want to be looking at your pharmacy for and self-medicating. I mean, I, no. <laughs> this this isn't as awful as hydroxychloroquine. It's not the same kind of level of horrific side effects that you get with hydroxychloroquine. However, it is still something that you would not want to self-medicate with. And the same with dexamethasone, which is, I think, one of the safer ones or options currently on the table. You still don't want to be self-medicating with these. And the data shows, unless you're on an incubator or you're on... Uh, an oxygen mask you don't need it so bottom line do not self-medicate people always check with your professionals Mm. and then it was so remdesivir was then approved for medical use in europe in july this year like (laughs) four or five days ago whatever it was i was gonna say it's july now (laughs) yeah like a week ago but it was very specific it was indicated for the treatment of covid19 in i think it was adults and adolescents so older than 12 years old weighing at least 40 kilos with pneumonia-like symptoms requiring supplemental oxygen. So they were very specific in what their um, administra- what, what the administrative procedures were for it. And why is this um, age limit and weight limit? Because there's just not enough data to say that it's effective. Okay, so it's still kind you know? of on... And we'll see how all this the, all. Yes, and also we just haven't given it to enough children to know if it affects them the same or not. Yeah, really important. Same with like the very elderly sort of folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's really interesting. I uh, hope we can see more of this. And I realize we haven't talked about hydroxychloroquine. That might be a very interesting uh, little episode maybe. What do you think? <sighs>
Hear me so heavy. That's a heavy side. You want me to do it again? <laughs> I have no problem talking about hydroxychloroquine. I think perhaps we should, and maybe this is our fault. We should have spoke about it a little bit sooner, possibly. Yeah, because it was kind of like the big uh, first big uh, fake news that came out as a possible treatment, right? And it had a lot of hype, and there was still a lot of mm-hmm. even now. There's still a lot of um, you know, I guess controversy around it. I've heard and I've yeah. read that Bolsonaro's using it right now. Oh god! So you know, and I think Trump still stands by it, and we have a lot of evidence that says no. So maybe that could be an interesting one for next week. Well, we know Trump changes his what he stands by on a whim. What he stands by in the morning may not be what he stands by at lunchtime. Well, you know, could be a good one going forward. I think it's important to cover all of these uh, uh, medicines because, like you said, you know, these are still on very much we'll see sort of trials and we're learning as we go along. And um, we definitely wouldn't want to give someone something that has been proving to be detrimental. Right? I agree. I agree. Um, and then one last note before I move on, because I didn't want to get too much into the nitty gritty of it. But the um, the drug itself, remdesivir, for the synthesis homies that may or may not be listening, it's worth noting that it's pretty much starts as a multiple step synthesis, and it starts with ribose, which kind of sets the chirality needed. But then a really nice step that's worth noting is the introduction of a bromo intermediate, which they then apply embutol lithium, and it undergoes a halogen lithium exchange. Really, really cool. And what does that all mean? They get in their uh, bromo intermediate, they treat with M-butyl lithium at minus 78, and then you get what's called bromo lithium exchange, and then they just add in their electrophile, and it's just oh, just a wonderful bit of chemistry there. The, the whole admiring chemistry of this. Yeah, I, I think it's worth noting that the, the, the way they make this drug is quite ugly by, by today's standards, but I guess it's very simple to get it on a huge scale. Mm-hmm. But I just particularly like the the, halo, halo, the, the, the the halogen lithium exchange with the uh, bromide so you get a, you get a bromide you swap it out and you put a lithium in its place then you just expose it to a bit of electrophile and it'll kick the lithium out and, and pull in so i think they put in their ribose there well to all the fine folk listening if you didn't understand any of that don't worry i didn't either but sometimes lewis likes to definitely elaborate on the beauty of the chemistry sometimes and we can all appreciate it, I think. It's a, it's a nice step that you don't often see anymore in drug production. And, and the whole thing is a little bit long. But again, I guess that's to do with scale and availability. They can buy all this stuff in multi-kilo. And they've got some big orders coming in. And talking of big orders coming in, I think that's where we can move on to the next part of the discussion, which is really the focus and why people have been talking about this recently, is that the Americans, the Yanks, whoever they are, have brought 90 plus percent of the world's supply for the next three months i saw that that was shocking and i guess a bit confusing and disheartening you know in a very mixed rate of emotions what do you think about that i think it has rightly so come under international criticism for hoarding it i think it's a disgusting move and it really reveals the u.s's policy towards the world it's extremely inward looking and isolationist i don't want to get too involved in the conspiracies of who has stocks where because to buy that much of something that ain't even that good is kind of sad but equally i could quite believe that they've said to the the administration well you know we you want to get us this you want you want to buy it you should buy this so this is a u.s study not that one done in the europe 
with that steroid muck. Nah, you want this stuff, brand new. Yeah, we'll buy it. And I think they either someone's got stock in it, maybe, or they've just been sold a bill of goods. But I think that's a ridiculous procurement for something with not particularly amazing data. It's not a vaccine they've brought. Yeah. So do, do you know anything about the percentages of um, the people that actually improved using remdesivir? Uh, no, but I can find you the paper. Oh, because I believe it was in the Lancet. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, the Lancet's a good journal, reputable journal. Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree with you. You know, I think it was kind of it kind of blindsided, I guess, the rest of the world. At least that's how I felt. And it seems like there is something for profit there at work, isn't it? And I think that. Oh God, absolutely. Yeah. Above all, the U.S. has a reputation, an international reputation. You and I can attest to this, being from countries outside the U.S. Um, to be kind of, you know, a private anti-national health sort of stance where, you know, we profit of people's needs. And I'm very scared that this is what's going to happen with this, right? That they'll start selling it at 500, 600% more than what it's actually worth. And it would be really, really, really disheartening to see a government do that to its own people and to the rest of the world in the middle of the biggest health crisis we face this century. I agree. Um, just to quickly get you back. So the article in The Lancet, um, which, because there's two major articles, and this is where I'll let you kind of think a little bit for, for yourself before we go any further. Um, the article in The Lancet was titled Remdesivir in Adults with Severe COVID-19, colon, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled multi-center trial. So a pretty decent trial. And it summarized a wonderful trial, yes, very in-depth, and they've tried to take into account for a lot of variables. Um, I won't go through the whole thing with you, but here's one quote lifted directly from the paper. Remdesivir use was not associated with a difference in time to clinical improvement. So what does that mean? What was it for them? So the Lancet, with their multi-center trial, the placebo-controlled, said that the use of remdesivir did not seem to correlate with improvement over time, right? Okay. This was the first study that disproved it. The second study, this was the US one, solely the US one, this wasn't published in the Lancet. This was published in the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Oh, sorry, no, excuse me. It was sponsored by uh, NIAD. This this was published in... No, it was published there. It was published in the National Institute of blah, blah, blah. And it was also sponsored by them. So it seems to be sponsored by the same people who've published this. Well, it is quite a reputable um, national centre, so... Preliminary results indicate that patients who received remdesivir had a 31% faster time to recovery than those who received placebo. Specifically, the meat, again, is P greater than Norton. Point naught naught one. How how convenient yeah, is that? That's, that means you know that chances are this is very real in the stats. So here we've got two reports that juxtapose one another. You have the Lancet, which is a wonderful journal and doesn't really let bullshit go through. And this has been done in various different hospitals, and it said that Remdesivir hasn't really done anything. This one, sponsored by the same people who have uh, published it are saying it's 31% better. So is it possible that all these other people over these multi-center trials fail to see this data? 
or has someone said we need to make it look good to sell it? Well, I think, um, you know, we would have to go into much further detail on variable to control, you know, all the kinds of trials that they had. But I think this is kind of where we get to the juicy bit about research and science being done at the very forefront of the crisis, right? And it's going to be a lot like this, you know, even going forward, it's going to be some people saying, yes, this is working. Some people saying, no, it's it's not working. And really having to, I guess, you know, choose for yourself and think for yourself, is this a reputable journal? Is this a reputable institution? Is this a reputable, you know, source of information? And like you said, you know, it is a little bit tricky, I guess, that the same institute that in the US sponsored and published, you know, that's a little bit of a, hmm, okay. Um, but- Do you know what else is more interesting? So the Lancet, you have to put it in there. It's going to take time for you to get that um, peer reviewed and come out. It, it's a process. The Lancet's article was published April 29th. Guess what date the NIH tri- clinical trial saying that it worked was published? Ooh, what's the date? April 29th. I'm guessing several hours after the Lancet copy. Ooh, intrigue. Are you, Maggie, I can hear it, or Archie, one of them agrees and they think it's disgusting as well. Yes, they're very disgruntled by this information. But, so, what does this mean, you know, for us more average... I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what this means. This means a reputable study across many people over over multi-centers have said this does not work, and a company has gone, shit, we've got a lot of it, and we've made no money off it currently, and we're never going to make money again unless we flog it. Hmm, who can we flog it to? Who's the dumbest motherfucker on the planet that we could sell this to? Who is so fucking stupid they will believe anything we tell them as long as we tell them they're the smartest man in the world and they're so great and so powerful? Hmm, who do we know? Who has the authority to buy all of our shit, save us from going under? Hmm, who, who, who could it be? So, here's my question for you then. If you were sick you know, Dr. G with coronavirus and you're in pretty critical condition and you, but you still had, you know, your right mind and you could still think clearly. And I told you, you could give me remdesivir. Would you say yes? I've not had my right mind for years. I would, looking at the data, I would prefer to take low dose dexamethasone than remdesivir. Ooh, and so there goes another question. Can you take both or is it one or the other? Or are they administered at different times? Um, I'm not sure on the pharmacokinetics of remdesivir. Um, I'm not sure if they would have competing interactions with each other, let alone competing processes within the body. Uh, I would think you could have them at the same time, but I probably am not legally allowed to uh, <laughs> give a, a uh, this is diagnosis. True. This is true. <laughs> we might have to be cautious here. But so you'd still go for more dexamethasone over remdesivir simply because data is still kind of fuzzy on whether it actually has an effect or not. Well, I don't think it's fuzzy. I think, I think it's bullshit. Ooh. I really do. You look at who's saying that it doesn't work, the world, more or less the world, of this multifaceted study, and who's saying that it... it it works just fine. Same country who are trying to sell it to the world. Do you know if any other countries have purchased or are administering a 
from Zazavira to their coronavirus patients? Uh, the EU said you can use it. The UK, I think, have also said you can use it on compassionate grounds. But this, in both instances, was before the dexamethasone trial came to light. I think at this point, it's if you're if you've given low dose dexamethasone and it's not working, sod it, give them remdesivir. What have we got to lose? But it's still very much a last resource. Uh, oh yeah! So. Oh yeah! 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 We still really need a vaccine. Yeah. Not cheap studies, and that's what this American trial feels like to me—a cheap study. I'll believe a Lancet paper over fucking. Let me get that name again. Over Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases any day of the week. And I think more than anything, what really makes it kind of doubtful is how many like the people who are involved. You know, and you know, let's uh, put it out there. You know, you and I and this podcast we're very pro medicine and we're very pro-science and we're very pro-trials and equally especially you you know dr g that have uh, been involved in the pharma industry and you've worked on the elaboration of cancer treatments and stuff like that um the pharma industry is not a selfless compassionate charity is it no of course not it's a business they know to help people they know to make money yeah so... and there's 40 names, some with PhD and prof and some with MD and doctor, 40 names on this paper in the Lancet saying, fuck you, it's not working. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, um, again, you know, this is kind of the struggle of trying to work out medications, um, you know, while a pandemic and a crisis is actually happening. A load of bullshit. It's all, it's all money. It's all money. Follow the fucking money and you'll find it. We'll talk about money more later. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially, again, with the hydroxychloroquine sort of scandal, we're definitely seeing right now when private interests are kind of trampling over uh, the public health, right? And we have to definitely be critical about where we get our information from because that's going to be very vital. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We saw it with Tamiflu. We saw it with Tamiflu when we had the swine flu uh, scare. And I looked at it and I said, it's not going to fucking do anything. I said to my dad, I don't know why they've brought all that for. The government stockpiled loads of it. So that ain't going to work. And guess what? Turns out several years later, they had to come out sheepishly and say, yeah, Tamiflu doesn't actually do anything. Oh, that's swine flu. I don't know. It was just scary for you guys. It was a full-on epidemic over here in Mexico, and it was pretty scary. I could. We can do an episode on Tamiflu and bury that piece of shit for what it was as well. Yeah, in the future, that sounds like a good idea. It was It was more egregious than this. Yeah, I think that I there's think. a lot of... um. And, and, you know, like as a person who's definitely not a chemist and not a, you know, medicine studied sort of person, I don't know these things. I really just rely on my sources. So I think, you know, reviewing. But here you've got com- you've got sources that are actively de- denouncing the other one. Yeah. And that's why we have this podcast to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh... Fuck this fucking idiot buying all these drugs. This is the other part of the problem is is the just the wastefulness is okay, it may not be a game changer for everyone, but let's say it can save one or two lives. Where should it go? What do you mean where should it go? Who should have access to it? Oh yeah. And that's the bit I think a big, big discussion to be had everywhere, but especially here when you've had them buy what was it, ninety percent of the remdesivir? Well, that's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I've got more questions about it uh, coming up. Should, should we move on to our quick fire round? Should we just should we just summarise right there and leave this shit in the dirt? Absolutely, go ahead. Right. Well, I'm glad we didn't debunk Remdesivir because 
I guess on paper it's still inconclusive, except it's not once you read the fucking papers. Um, but if you do have any questions regarding it, very, spe- very specific ones, please do not hesitate. Get in touch with us. We'll answer it. We'll reel out on the show and get to the nitty-gritty of it. But, Sweetie, I think it's time for us to move on to the quick-fire, not-so-quick-fire, but sometimes quick-fire round. Let's do it. Let me get my script up because I've lost it. Today's questions are mostly remdesivir related, pertinent to what we're talking about, but not exactly what we're talking about. If you do have any questions that you'd like to hear on the show, again, get in touch with us, bearingfakenews at gmail.com. Links in the description. Tweet them over to at bfnewspodcast or bearingfakenews on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Sweetie, you've got the cues. Fire away. Number one, what have we got? All right. To start off this quick round, not too quick round, but sometimes quick round, uh, fire round, I've got... Number one, what is the difference between remdesivir and Victory, which is another uh, medicine? There is no difference. Remdesivir is sold under the brand name Victory. Oh, okay. So same thing it is then. <laughs> what form does remdesivir come in? I believe it's strictly injection only. I think it's intravenous. I don't think it's intramuscular. Dexamethasone in, uh, comes in a few, but the injection is intramuscular. This is intravenous. So I, you wouldn't... You wouldn't be able just to, like, take it at home, you know? Yeah, it's not popping a pill. All right. Number three, what are the side effects? Organ failure, nausea, vomiting, sweating, yellowing of skin, but I think that's related back to organ failure, obviously, and diarrhea. And these effects were so bad that it got one study cancelled early. Yeah, you mentioned the Chinese one, I believe. That, that sounds mm-hmm. very serious, so definitely something to take into account. And finally, the million-dollar question. Let's see if you know this one, Dr. G. How much does remdesivir treatments cost? Well, as a person who lives in a first-world country with access to healthcare, as everyone should have, it costs me jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I got on the card, Lewis. Come on. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. So, for those who don't happen to live in a first world country, like those who are fortunate to live in the developed country, like those who live in America, or at least North America, let's say, on the 29th of uh, June, Jolly announced they had set the price of remdesivir at $390 per vial for the governments of developed countries, which included the United States. But it was $520 for private health insurance companies in the US. The course of the treatment is six vials over five days, which totals to $2,340. Oh my god! What's most disgusting is this drug was not developed two weeks ago for COVID, which means that this being, they call it a repurposed drug, when you take something that already does something else and apply it to another illness, it's called drug repurposing the app the minimum production cost is actually estimated at 93 cents per day of treatment i'm speechless i cannot believe that like i was reading and i've read it before and i'm still speechless at at this piece of news it's disgusting so 93 cents per day and you're paying 390 dollars oh my god oh my god how disgraceful is that and I think at the end of the day, like, it is disgraceful. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, you know, if you only need one vial, then 
you know, a sacrifice can be made here or then. But if treatment is six vials over five days, that becomes so quickly, you know, not accessible to so many people. It's not accessible at all. Oh my gosh. Do you know what's even more disgraceful? What is it? The cost of dexamethasone per shot, if you like, per unit is about a dollar, two dollars. Mm-hmm. For 25 mil, it's about $30, and it's low-dose treatment, so you're only going to be getting pretty much that amount. So for under, definitely under $100 for your drugs alone, compared to 390 or whatever it was. And in addition, what we were discussing, you know, where results are still quite controversial and quite divided over, does it really actually work? Does if you want to sell it. Well, it's very expensive. What a, what a sad note to end that on. I think it's a sad story. I really think this is a sad story. This is a story of, of malpractice. This is a story of greed. And this is a story of avarice. And it is not a story of honest, what I would call good science or good research. Absolutely. Uh, and, I- and I can pick through this because of the training I've had. But like you said earlier, like, how do you even just, you've got two things in the same different things. What does that even mean? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, and this is what makes me really feel passionate about, you know, doing this podcast with you is that, you know, I guess the average person, and I include myself in this, doesn't know all this. If I went to my doctors and, you know, I had a sister or someone who was really sick and they said, we have this treatment remdesivir for, you know, over $2,000, you know, pay it now or, you know, possibly lose them. I probably wouldn't have enough time or enough knowledge to be like, let me make a critical decision. You know, and it becomes no, no, inaccessible, to, especially to people who don't have that sort of money. And, you know, that's really preying on the vulnerable. And it's really, really disgusting to be playing with people's health. That's the American healthcare system in a nutshell, sweetie. I guess that sadly, like on, a, on a bum note, concludes our quick fire, not so quick fire, sometimes quick fire round. And sometimes depressing. <laughs> I sometimes sad as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should we move on? Should we move on to more happier, fertile, voluptuous ground? I'm not sure if happy and fertile is the right word, but definitely silliness and uh, you know disbelief. It's that time of the week. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's bring some cheer back in here. It's my favorite time of the podcast, and I the only reason I do this show. So play that funky music, white boy. Oh, that music. Now I'm feeling alive and chirpier. What was that all about earlier? Who knows? Who cares? This is the best part of the week and the best part of our lives, really. This is Tweet of the Week. This is the time of the week where we go through other people's social media posts where they just spout crap and nonsense and misinformation. And it's hilarious how bad it is and how factually wrong it is and how these people just don't know any better. And we like to bring some light to them so we can share it, we can laugh together, and also be aware of some of the crap that's out there. So with that in mind, sweetie, do you want to kick us off with number one? It isn't Lang Angler, man, but it's still pretty outrageous. Number one. The Dems have been caught again lying about the debunked Lancet study about fraudulently claimed that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous. It is much safer than remdesivir. <laughs> Educate yourself. 
I actually thought he was talking about the first Lancet, the, the, the story we've been talking about today. I don't know which one this one's talking about. <laughs> I know. I was like, like I was like, whoa, what, what a wild ride this was. But basically, they're saying hydroxychloroquine is safer than Zezapir. Not and true. <laughs> but both are not really useful, but don't take hydroxychloroquine. Jesus Christ. And as far as I know, their Lancet studies have not been debunked, at least in this uh, line of study, have they? They have not been retracted. They are still there for the world to see. If they ever get retracted, then we'll do a retracted episode and we'll say they've been retracted and we'll go into the details of it. But whilst it's up there and it's not been retracted, it stands. Well, the only thing I have to say to this person who tweeted this is educate yourself. Educate yourself with number two. You ready? Flu truth! Cures available. Number one, juice. One QT carrot juice plus whole garlic bulb. Lemon juice. Drink it all! Number two, remdesivir antiviral med plus hydroxychloroquine plus azithromycin. That's the end of the tweet. Holy crap, should you be should you be drinking this I all? mean, if, if you're living quite a sad life and you want to escape reality, this, <laughs> this cocktail of medicine... Will definitely allow you to do that. I'm so concerned, even from the beginning. It's it, it recommending you have an entire quart of carrot juice and a whole garlic bulb. Oh, disgusting! Not to mention all the extra medicines. No, they ain't. They're not obviously kissing many people, are they? With that breath. <laughs> I definitely hope not. That is definitely don't do that, people. I don't know why this person thinks it's flu truth. Drink it all. Flu truth. Number three. Look into Fauci's ties to Gilead and Bill Gates. They see this as their Agenda 21 depopulation opportunity. Created the virus in China, imported it here to destroy American society, ushering communism by killing two-thirds of us. Fauci is a Gates puppet. Soros behind the curtain. That's a, that's a lot going on in that one, isn't there? Oh my goodness me. I, I love the tweets that just tie up everything between Bill Gates, communism, and, you know, conspiracy theories about being a eugenics project. I think Bill Gates wished he had some stock in Jarlead right now. Fucking 93 cents to make a drug and they're selling it over $390. Fuck. Well. Over I'm... a 390% return. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's and it's communism. <laughs> Oh, these tweets, they only get better with age. Uh, we'll go to number four. Number four, remdesivir is used for treating HIV and AIDS greater than many of the CV symptoms are similar to pneumonia-like symptoms of AIDS. Dr. Mikovits says that HIV and SARS material was used in flu vaccines. The virus is a, quote, chimeric properties so many questions. Ooh, interesting. We did a whole episode on uh, Mikovic, so take us away, Lou. That's not how you use the word chimeric. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> there is so much happening in this tweet, so. Is it true that remdesivir is used for treating HIV and AIDS at all? No, we've just gone through it. It was built for hep C, and then it moved on to Ebola, and that didn't work, and they thought, what else can we do with it? Oh, let's try on coronavirus. Meh, doesn't really work. They've said it doesn't, but we can just say it is. We know someone who will buy it. We know someone so fucking dumb, they will buy all of this. We'll just tell them that that paper, that's another Chinese lie. That's another Chinese lie. To usher in communism. Oh my God. Fucking idiots. 
Yeah, people would take advantage of uh, doubt, don't they? Who who has all the money making these decisions? Who wants to look good for the public, maybe for November period? Who's dumb enough to just believe anything they hear? Who's dumb enough to be told this this study here is from China and it can't be believed? This is ours. It's true. You need thirty one percent. We're basically curing it by ninety percent of it. Save the company. Donald. <laughs> Donald the bitch. Alright, number five. It goes. Remdesivir. Fauci. Gilead. Chinese government. Wuhan Institute of Virology. If this doesn't make you wonder what's really going on, then you might be under a rock or just happy with communism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this one. Just I, I did not know where it was going, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Remdesivir. Fauci. Gilead. Chinese government, Wuhan Institute of Virology. <laughs> this doesn't make you wonder what's going on. You might be under a rock, <laughs> or just swell with communism. <laughs> I I was first I just thought it was like a you know bunch of words strung together, and I did not know it would end on communism. But I enjoyed that. It was quite an unexpected twist. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to put that nearer the end to build to a crescendo of like wonderful shitty tweets, but I've actually got worse ones. Oh my god, please go on. Number six, so catch your breath for this one. When will the USA wake up? First, they say HCQ is dangerous, and now remdesivir won't work either? These people just want to rubbish our great nation. Gen Z in going to change the American flag. Oh wow, Gen Z and the American flag get involved. That's a first. <laughs> Gen Z want to change the American flag. And, and I, rubbish our great nation. <laughs> all the exclamation points, too. There is one, two, three, four exclamation points at the end of this. I think oh, this is where I have to point out. <laughs> I, think, I think this is where I have to point out. This is my job to say. All of these things we are reading are real tweets by real people. I vet the accounts. They're not bots. These are people with a fucking... American flag in the background, and they've got the hashtag 2A and MAGA and KAGA and all that shit going on. People are writing this, and they believe it. Oh, God, that's a scary part, but we don't like to think about that too much at this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gen Z's going to change the American flag. Oh, my gosh. Okay, number seven. Fake positive tests by companies invested in Gilead. It's simple, really. Mainstream media is a lie, too. MSM pushes their own agenda. Were you aware that three CNN reporters went to Epstein Island? Were you aware that Bill Gates had a meeting for a hashtag blendemic? Research event 201. What? I don't <laughs> I have no idea. It's like a series no of like couple of words put together. <laughs> These are like three different paragraphs that they've taken the opening sentence for each one and put it in one tweet. Research event 201. I don't even know what that means, but oh god. Were you aware that three CNN reporters went to Epstein Island? <laughs> I know. Oh, well, what? So they're pedophiles? What's that going to do with them? You know, <laughs> okay, they might be pedophiles, but why is it? Why is it CNN reporters? Not the Fox News reporters. They're good people. And on top of that, it's like uh, very serious issues. What does that have to do with the fake positive tests? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I see, here's the thing, because if, if this tweet can be taken anything from it, they are saying that there are some fake positive tests by companies invested in Giant Lead. 
And that's kind of might be what we've seen maybe in this one of the reports we've looked at. Shocking. And I'll give you a clue. Is it going to be the one that's got all the names on it or is it going to be the one that's showing nobody? Hmm. Hmm. Number eight. Get my breath back. Put my sides back together for this one. Why did Dr. Fauci, AJA, Dr. Death, say it takes six months for HCQ trials and announce trial results for his buddies at Jilead slash Remdesivir? He's starting to look really incompetent. This is not the United States of Fauci. The whole world knows HCQ works. Bracket. Except the uneducated who believe at CNN. Close bracket. <laughs> oh my god, that's a really good one too. I like Dr. Death. AJA, Dr. Death. And yeah. what I like about that one is I understand where the, where the errors come in. They, they type that fast because J is next to K on the keyboard. So I'm like, yeah, I can see that being a legitimate typo. Yeah. And then and then it says, oh, the, these trial results are announced. And this is like a really interesting point because it's kind of what we've talked about where we're getting this like, how is this data consistent with this actual Lancet study? And why is it published a few hours after the Lancet? What the fuck? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's looking really incompetent. This is not the United States of Fauci. The whole world knows Heitsuki works. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, wait, exactly. For a moment, you're just like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Quite uh, a uh, I'm kind of with him. Oh, no, I'm definitely not with this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number nine. Fauci playing the world. One, his promotion of Remdesivir. Two, is partaking in the hit job on HCQ, and three, the money Fauci gave through NIH, then through EcoHealth, via DASAC, to WIV's Madame Shi Zengli, to do the gene-slash-editing on RABT-CoV-4991 to create SARS-CoV-2. What? Fauci created SARS-CoV-2. Oh, God. After he'd given money to NIS to prove that HUQ was crap. Like, the, the, chronolo- the chronology of what he's saying is impossible. Or everything he's saying is fucking impossible. But the, chron- <laughs> the chronology is off. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is one heck of a crazy, confusing tweet. So, uh, poor Oh, Fauci. God. Just a load of shit. And, and, and this is another one that still seems to be believing that hcq is the way to go i know i'm like really surprised that a lot of these like promote hcq and you're like thinking like oh they're all demented all these all those tweets are demented but you know what's not demented number 10 because number 10 is the palate cleanser tweet number 10 is just to show that there are still people out there who are capable of using grammar correctly writing up coherent tweets that make sense do you want to hear number 10 oh yes please uh, it's always you want to hear it here it goes at this was tweeted by at f wong the fact is we need a uniquely American solution to approaching this pandemic, like a nationwide competition where if your state has the least percentage infected per capita, everyone gets free taco bell, etc. Strangers would not hesitate to shame your non-mask wearing ass if a fucking free Baja Chalupa was on the line. <laughs> I really like this tweet, to be honest. Oh, you thinking, think no, I could do like... with a bit of taco bell. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Who doesn't like baja chalupas that are not Mexican food, by the way? But, you know, I agree. You need, you need a uniquely American solution to them. You know, everybody else kind of has their own solutions, but 
I don't, I've never even heard of a barra chalupa. I don't think I've ever eaten one. It doesn't even sound Mexican to me. It sounds like an Indian dish. Maybe it's <laughs> no, the no. Very, <laughs> very much Mexican words, but uh, it's Taco Bell, so it kind of, you know, is an American twist on Mexican food, I guess. Is Taco Bell any good? Um, it is on its own. If you don't consider it like actual Mexican food, like if I hear Karen say like, oh, I love Mexican food, Taco Bell's my favorite, I would like, you know, try to punch her in her face. But if you kind of just take it as it is, wow, it's that, okay. that's big, big, big words from you. I know, considering I am the, what is it? Uh, the proprietor of Good Egg Chateau. I do that, that, that's not very good egg of you, start throwing hands like that. Wild hands. But they are wild, so, you know, I try not to talk to Karen so much. Oh, good. <laughs> smart, smart. Very. Uh, I, think, I think we should wrap it up there before you start getting angry and we don't like Maria when she gets angry thinking about Karen's and Taco Bell's. That's true, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it, but I tell you what we do want to hear. We want to hear from you. Send us your questions, your entries. If you've got any tweets of the week, anything you want us to discuss, news at gmail.com. It's in the description. And I'd also like to continually thank you for your support on this because <laughs> I'd like to continue to thank you for your support on this. Sometimes it's just like we're talking to a wall or ourselves or just taking a, a, a message and putting it into a bottle and just throwing it into a sea of messages and bottles. Right, sweetie? Well, we do like bottles. We do like that. But it's even better when we get some feedback from it. So please, guys, you know, if you like it, let us know. And if you have any other questions, which I'm sure I've got tons now that I'm thinking in my head, you know, write to us. Let us know what you'd like to do. And quickly, what are we doing next week? Well, I think we established it, right? Uh, we've overlooked hydroxychloroquine and why it is, um, you know, fake news. The queen has spoken. Hydroxychloroquine. We're going to discuss it next week. In the meantime, in between time, look after yourselves and each other. Remember, if you see any shit, send it over to us because we will pull it on blast. We do destroy these mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging, insufferable cretins who shit up your social media. This is the show that's science for non-science people. Science for the every man, the every woman. And if you got this far, as always, you deserve a medal. We hope you had as much fun listening to this as we did making it. Peace out, homies. It's getting tired and I'm getting late. Say goodnight, Mariella. <laughs>